Good day. You're listening to the 130th edition of Free City Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stefan Christoph. On the program today, I'm going to be featuring a conversation I had with photographer Sebastian Backhaus. Sebastian is based in Berlin, Germany, and has covered points of conflict around the world, has traveled to Syria and Egypt. I was introduced to Sebastian by a friend uh, who documented the Egyptian uprising against Hosni Mubarak. Thank you, Amru Salahadin, for the introduction. And I had a conversation with Sebastian recorded in Germany, in Berlin, this summer. I wanted to hear his perspective on documenting the uprisings in Egypt and Syria and how it contrasted with recent experiences documenting the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the war in Ukraine. Obviously, there is a lot to get into in terms of trying to share a portrait of how war and conflict in Ukraine is manifested. Uh, one issue in particular I was interested in was the subtleties and how it impacts people on a human level. I would also note that clearly one of the biggest beneficiaries of the war in Ukraine has been military industrial complex companies, often that are selling arms to both sides of the conflict, the Russian state uh, military and also uh, Western uh, powers that have intervened militarily in Ukraine. That, I think, is an important point of context. I do feel like Sebastian's work really tries to look uh, at the situation on the ground in Ukraine and give a portrait of the human impacts of war. So here's our conversation recorded in Berlin, and um, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, thank you uh, to having the talk with you. Uh, my name is Sebastian Backhaus. Uh, I'm a German photographer based in Berlin. Now we are sitting here in my office in Berlin, Neukölln. And uh, this is um, my, my home is very close to, to the office and uh, I enjoy to be very, very local just mm -hmm. this block if I'm in Germany and not working in conflict or war zones. Mm -hmm. I really uh, enjoy it very much. Not to move too much uh, if I'm here at home because I move a lot as a photographer. Yeah, mm, that's my job, uh, my passion also. Mm. Um, being a photographer, a photojournalist, I don't see myself as an artist, but I also don't care too much about labeling. Um, about um, the topic Ukraine war, how, I mean, yes, it's uh, affecting Germany a lot. I think uh, people are getting much more affected with that war. Uh, because it's so close to Germany and people can, German, a lot of Germans um, can uh, building up a bigger empathy um, with this war than uh, in, according to my experience if I'm reporting from Syria or Iraq. Mm. The war is so close that um, this was the first time that I was going mm. by train to wa walk uh, to, to my work, let's say. Normally I'm flying to somewhere and uh, then uh, continue on, on the land, but this time I went to the train in Berlin main station, uh, train station and uh, via Warsaw and went then to, to Ukraine, all the way to Kiev. 
uh, without using an airplane, which so, so shows very much how close the war is. And I think this is also um, making the people um, so worried in Germany um, that the war is in our neighbor country, which normally, as you also said, is somewhere far, far away. I don't have any, the most uh, of those uh, Germans have no personal connections to people on the ground in, for example, northeast Syria or uh, somewhere in Iraq. So I think that there was a lot of um, descriptions about what happened in the first weeks of the war. There's a lot of reporting. But just as a photographer, can you maybe describe your experiences when you arrived? Just, just for people to get a picture of what was happening. Um, and also what you were trying to document and why. Mm. What, what was your focus as a photographer? What, what sort of images or scenes were you drawn to and why were those important? Yeah, my motivation to go there was um, start growing in the moment where I was, um, w when I understood that will be this will be like a historical, a big conflict, a big war. Normally, I was not planning to go there because this is not my area. This is not the area where I'm normally working. I'm not specialized on uh, uh, Ukraine or uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, I'm doing like uh, the MENA region, Middle East. Uh, but then I saw, okay, it's getting really, really huge and there are, it's not like a local um, conflict. It will be a big war. And I saw at the same time, okay, it's starting something and actually there are not so many, many pictures coming out mm. um, in the beginning. Now it's another story. A lot of photographers are there doing a very good job. But in the, in the first beginning, I said, no, okay, I um, should go there because I also was able to go there in timing and also because of the distance, very easy to get there for me. And uh, so I went, as I said, in the train and uh, get out in Kiev in the first days of the war. This was a very spooky atmosphere, very, very spooky. I mean, all Kiev was under, I mean, the city was very, very calm, very empty. People uh, was at home, the most people. Uh, there was not much traffic in the streets of Kiev. But from time to time, um, the rockets uh, came in and you have like a very uh, huge explosions um, in the city, uh, which uh, like going through this vacuum, I would say, which was like a bubble above Kiev and then these rockets coming in and um, the streets the, um, there was only um, some checkpoints by local neighborhoods or local militias who was setting up checkpoints in the street to um, um, to control the city to find um, and everybody was so nervous um, of these checkpoints like local civil uh, people um, who never really was trained to do that and then they have to run a checkpoint which um, was really too much for a lot of them and uh, jumping there around with a, with a weapon without knowing how to use it and um, going in, inside the checkpoints they didn't know how to behave and there was also um, how to see, uh, say in English, uh, steered, I think, by, by, by a lot of... They was very afraid about meeting uh, spies, Russian spies. Uh, 
and uh, who, who are in was in the cities or and this nervousity nervousity uh, was all around that everybody could be a russian spy who is there in the streets and um, yeah this was very 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 yeah very spooky especially for local people who wants to go shopping and all the shop uh, most of the shopping malls was only open for um, very less hours so um, you have a lot of long long queues in the first uh, time of the war in front of those supermarkets and you have to stay in, in a queue like three four five hours to enter to buy some food and during this time all, all the, 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 the the alarm was uh, coming um, the 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 alarm of uh, Uh, which was announcing, okay, we're getting attacked by rockets, by Russian rockets. But the people could not leave the place in the line because if they are losing the place, they have to stay again five hours, you know. Mm. Yes, and this was um, really, really uh, very difficult for a lot of people I met there because for the most of them, this was also the first time mm. that they have to face a war situation. Mm. Well, this point is interesting because I, I think... There seems to be a bit of separation between, let's say, within progressive circles internationally, okay? There is a critique of the Ukraine government's links to the United States military or the Canadian military or the fact that you have right-wing militias. Um, I'm acknowledging that. I just want to say that. I think it's important. There is also a critique of the Russian state's um, attacks on civilian areas. So what I'm interested in asking you about, as somebody who, who's documenting, um, can, you, can you just talk about the ways that, from your observation, civilians were impacted in Kiev? Because aside from, I mean, everybody has a political life, of course, but When you talk about rockets coming into the capital, right? This, these, from what I understand, and please correct me, a rocket is not going to simply just target a militia group or a military building. They're going to hit apartment buildings, right? So, can you just describe, like, from what you saw, how that was happening? These rocket attacks. Um, one of the rocket attacks was really in the same moment where I was arriving in, in, in Kiev, in the city center, hitting like a very huge skyscraper building, like a huge, huge uh, apartment building. And there um, all the uh, rebels, all, all the building parts was falling mm -hmm. down and, uh, and up there was um, rising smoke out of uh, the heated um, upper apartments where the rocket was um, getting in. And I saw people walking uh, the, the streets um, trying to go shopping uh, to the supermarket or whatever they, they're doing. And I, I saw it and I also photographed that in, in the faces. This unbelievable that the people are, is this, I mean, I, I could read the faces actually, especially after if I was editing my photos um, more precisely. Um, and those faces told me, um, is this real or is, uh, do I am dreaming? Uh, they couldn't get what, what they saw. Um, uh, well, yeah, this was yeah, very, very sad to see for the people. Mm -hmm. Well, this is an interesting point because I think that 
when the war in Ukraine actually began officially, <laughs> there was surprise around the world. Um, and so I'm just wondering from your perspective um, as a photographer in Germany, what's your thoughts about how German society is reacting to the war? And also, you know, why was it important for you to share photographs from Ukraine here in Germany? Um, as I said um, earlier in this, um, in this talk, um, for me it was important because I thought the historical um, uh, the historical war coming up there and I was able to get there in a moment where it was not so crowded with photographers. So the lack of pictures motivated me to go there. Um, this was, but um, the other question was um, how the German society is reacting on that. Um, what I see in Germany, if I'm also looking into the news, um, uh, talking to people, um, seeing the reaction um, of my Ukraine uh, exhibition, um, the people are very, very pro-Ukraine. Ukraine. Um, there are sometimes very small demonstrations in Berlin, um, like pro-Russia, pro-Putin uh, uh, demonstrations, um, but by numbers, very, very small and um, well protected uh, by the police because a lot of um, and how you say in English, uh, protester against those protesters are around, and um, yeah, I'm sometimes I'm asking myself, is this uh, a balanced picture which we have here in, in, in Germany? I mean, um, I was not able to report from the Russian side. I would love to. I would love to be embedded with the Russian army. Um, as I also always love to uh, be embedded with uh, the Syrian army or with the um, Syrian democratic forces or whatever. It's, I'm always seeking to, to report from both sides to, to deliver a balanced uh, picture. But it's not possible. It's not possible, um, even if it's possible, and the Russian army is also offering uh, pre press tours. It's so, so um, propagandistic that you not really can... Uh, bring a balanced pictures. But the problem we have now is we are all reporting from the Ukrainian side and of course they are also very professional in um, showing what they want to show. Um, in the beginning of the war it was, was very easy to um, walk around freely but now it's more and more um, controlled also from the Ukrainian side. What I want to say is um, they are like, for example, it's a big uh, German publishing house. I think that might, might be a good um, example. In the beginning of the war, and I think still now, I'm not sure, they was like putting up the Ukrainian flag on the roof of their newspaper house. Hmm. I don't know if this is really the, the way uh, newspaper or publishing house uh, should take side. And I'm asking myself, okay, is it really, um, if you're putting the Ukrainian flag on the roof of your newspaper publishing house, um, are you really able to um, report um, um, like journalistic or in a balanced uh, way? I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Well, in talking with you, I'm honestly just, I'm interested to know what you think <laughs> as a photographer, right? And... Um, and so I appreciate hearing your reflections because, uh, you know, you have experience on the ground there. But I'm interested in this point. Um, you've 
photographed in Syria, mm. you've photographed in Iraq mm. and in Egypt, I believe. Yes, Afghanistan and Niger and uh, Libya, yeah. Okay, so what um, we talked about how Ukraine is on the sort of like geographically is the neighbor to Germany. What do you think, given that you have a relationship with other conflict zones around the world, what do you think about the difference in reaction, right? The impact of the war on Syria, for example, on Germany was huge, just in terms of the migration crisis, the national identity of the country. The impact of the war on Syria was huge. Um, the impact of the Egyptian revolution, it's been very important for, and, and then the, uh, the arrival of the military government of Sisi. I mean, this has had a huge international impact. But so I'm bringing this up just to ask you, what, do you have any reflections about the difference that, in the ways that people react to conflict? I mean, Ukraine is a European war. These other wars are in other regions of the world. And I think it could be looked at in a simplistic way that, of course, if it's a European war, there's more attention. But I'm actually interested in, like, when you're doing your work, is this something that you've thought about? What do you think about this? And what are reflections that, that have come to your mind as, as a photographer, having experience in these different places? General spoken, or my personal, personal point of view, um, each refugee has a reason why she or he is a refugee and uh, should get shelter um, in a country which is uh, um, more protective and stable than the country where the person is coming from and where the reason is located why this person is leaving, in general spe speaking. So um, this is my opinion. But um, the problem we have um, with this war I would put it um, with the words of my friend uh, Abdul Kayyum Mohammed, is a very very close friend of mine. He um, is a refugee living here in Berlin, uh, coming from Iraq. He's living here since four or five years, and he told me, um, I he, he told me what I uh, in the beginning of the war, what I uh, see, and this makes me very happy, how open the people are here in Germany to uh, welcome um, all the Ukrainian uh, refugees. Um, and what they are do, doing for, for them, those engagement and everything that they are, mm. um, everybody's welcome. I see this and I'm very happy. And then I'm getting really angry um, to see what is possible in Germany, how open the German society can be. Mm. And what I was missing when I was coming from Iraq with my wife, um, um, which is still going on, he told me, and I, I know his story very well. There are so many um, uh, problems you have to face to get re refuge here, to get a place, to get a flat, yeah. to, to, to um, be able to work, to be accepted. And he's facing so much racism uh, in the last year since he's in Germany. And he said, all that where I have to fight for and which makes me so, so, um, uh, which take my power so much and makes me so, so sad. I don't see any of those problems I had to face now with this um, wave of refugees uh, which is coming from Ukraine. Mm. I think there's a big truth in what he was telling. I mean, I don't want to call it like a racistic welcome culture. 
which is like uh, coming up with that. I think it's, uh, but there are people who name it like it's a racistic welcome culture because it's a huge difference um, of being welcome um, uh, because you're Ukrainian, Christian, white color uh, person, or you are coming from somewhere in the Middle East. So thank you for sharing your reflections. Your work uh, as a photographer today, I mean, you're, you're documenting this moment in time in your work, uh, this historical moment in Ukraine. You've documented recent history in different places of the world. Um, The reason I bring this up is because I think there's a perception today with social media culture that, well, everything's very well documented because somebody is documenting something on a smartphone that, okay, well, that job is done. But from my understanding, the, the role of a photographer with intentionality and trying to like sort of have a theme in photographs and to present work in a public setting to share a certain narrative it's a different um plays a different role in society like the the work of a photographer so i'm just wondering given all your experience in these different um regions and the fact you're working in uh, as a photographer today in in germany um the role of a, a photographer has changed in the last 20 years but it's still very important so i'm just wondering any thoughts you have or reflections on on this point because it, the it's changing but it's also it's interesting it's it's not it's still important but it's a different context now yes uh, might be i'm uh, a photographer since eight years maybe mm -hmm. uh, and i don't know this good old times where photographers could uh, afford to drive a Porsche or something like this. Yeah, this there was this times uh, all the colleagues told me wow. we, we, we see that we can survive with that. So uh, I cannot make this comparison with this eight years ago uh, when I was starting. But you're right, the social media plays a bigger role in the um, reporting. So um, each Ukrainian citizen in uh, Bucha or mm -hmm. in uh, in Irpin uh, was somehow able to put the mobile phone out and uh, um, do do a video or a photo, and we have a flood of uh, flood of pictures mm -hmm. and videos, which is very good. I'm I'm not complaining. I said, oh, they all took my job, and now uh, I don't know what to do here. I know exactly what what to do as a as a professional photographer. Um, what we can do is, um, um, I mean, it's also a question of verification. Um, the, those pictures, which are made uh, privately, um, it's, mm, they are used a lot for propaganda, and it's not clear what is the source of those pictures. Mm -hmm. And so I think. Um, um, this is very good that we have the social medias and everybody can be a photographer with his mobile or her mobile, but um, it is not, um, um, what is the English word, it's, it's not um, taking my, my, my job as a professional. Different. Yeah, it's, it's a different, but it's good that we ha also have the, uh, the other pictures which is coming from private people uh, with their mobiles, because I can't be everywhere all the time. That's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good additional thing mm -hmm. for getting a bigger um, picture of very complex situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Just maybe last point is just to, to think about the ways that we engage with photography today, because the reason I ask this is because if we think about how ephemeral social media is, how fluid, how in the moment it is, often, you know, people might see a, an image from Gaza on their social media feed and have an impact, but probably can never locate that image again. It's gone. People have seen it for a second, but I think like photographers, you know, I was speaking recently with a, on this program with a different photographer, you know, who's been documenting social movements in North America named Darren L. It was a really good conversation. And one thing he said, which I really appreciated was there is a role in the curation, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the space a photographer can create through an exhibition, through a book. Um, through more stable platforms that are not social media um, passes so quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just any thoughts about why, like, sort of a professional or artistic photography? I mean, there's different, you know, people think about their work in different ways, but mm -hmm. is, is still relevant today and important. Uh, I'm happy about um, that the so social media became like a bigger role in reporting, um, which is like one of uh, different um, outlets. One outlet could be a newspaper, the other outlet could be uh, an exhibition or a book or um, social media. And so uh, we are able um, to reach people who are, would never go and buy a newspaper in a, in a shop um, because they don't like or their education level uh, don't allow them or whatever but those people are maybe using Instagram mm -hmm. so we are also able to reach those people um, w with w what is going on and maybe we wouldn't mm -hmm. if there would be not uh, no, no Instagram mm -hmm. so I'm happy about the diversization about the diversity yeah. of a different uh, um, approach to bring um, uh, what's going on uh, in the world to the people Thank you for the talk today. Thank you very much. Thanks. That was a conversation with photojournalist Sebastian Backhaus, which was recorded in Berlin, Germany. This is Free City Radio. We share a new episode every uh, week. This is the 130th edition. Free City Radio broadcasts every Wednesday on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal at 11 a.m. Also on CGLO 1690 a.m. on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. in Giagiage, Montreal, on Tuesdays at 8 a.m. on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg, Treaty 1 Territory of the Métis Nation, and 101.9 FM CFRC in Kingston, Ontario at 11.30 a.m. on Wednesdays. We are now broadcasting on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria, British Columbia, That is on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. You can find Free City Radio, soundcloud.com slash freecityradio is our archives. We are on Spotify and iTunes as a podcast. Look us up. If you use uh, Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating, share it with a friend. That is very much appreciated. And to finish the program today, I'm going to share a bit of music from the Ukrainian group Daka Braka. This is their track, Baby. I'll talk to you next week and take care.